an impression without it an expression leads to depression. An impression without expression leads to depression. When you are impressed and you don't express it, you'll get depressed. We are in the house of the Lord to hear the Lord speak to us. When God speaks to you and you hear him and you don't express it, you are going to be depressed. It's, 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 it's so difficult to come and speak when the pastor has spoken. It, it's so difficult to come and speak when the president has spoken. But allow me to greet you, saints, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Allow me, saints, to greet you in the name of the one who's older than his mother but equal to his father. And his name is Jesus. I'm reminded of a day when David was faced by the giant Goliath. He says to Goliath, you come to me with the shield. You come to me with the sword. You come to me with the javelin. You come to me with the spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And the name that David is coming with is the name of Jesus. What is it that David is saying to the giant? He's saying, you come to me with the things that you trust in, with the things that you believe in. These are the prepositions that Goliath has got. The spear. Goliath trusted. The javelin, he trusted. The shield, he trusted. But David is saying to him, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. When something is in the name, I want to give you an example. Can I have your phone? This phone, when it's closed like this, is in the what? In the pouch. My pastor is saying it's in the what? It's in the pouch. So for you to use this phone, you need to first to do open. For you to touch this phone, you need to first touch the pouch. So David is saying to the giant, I come to you in the name. What is David saying to the giant? He's saying, I'm surrounded by the name. I'm incubated in the name. I'm covered by the name. I'm protected by the name. For you to touch me, you need to touch the name. For you to get access of me, you need to start by the name. So when the devil throws his ball to you, it touches God first. Then when it does that, God softens it up. Then when it comes to you, it just touches you and falls away. Today as we sit here and stand here, we come to the devil in the name. The title of our sermon today says, Oh, it's gold. <laughs> the title of our sermon today says, When the battle chooses you. When the battle does what? 
We are in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. I, I, I would like to submit to you that this text, it's not for everyone. This text is specifically for people that are facing battles. And when we read this text, it will come to you like a bomb. We are in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. It reads as follows. Are we there, all of us? May we say amen when we're there. It says, Ye shall not need to fight this battle. It says, You shall not need to do what? To fight which battle? This one. Touch your neighbor and say, not this one. <laughs> then it continues and says, stand ye still. Some version says, stand firm. Stand what? Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah in Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Some version says, for the Lord is with you. So when you face battles, remember one thing, God is with you. In our daily lives, my pastor, uh, I think this year marks, if not seven, it's six years in marriage. I've learned, I've learned a lot through these years, but I'm not ready to give out marriage advice. I'm not. I'm still growing into it. Uh, there are things that uh, when, 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 when we face, sometimes when we face challenges between the two of us, me and my wife, there are things that I choose not to fight for. Even if 70% of it is it's her fault. But. <laughs> I, I choose not to fight. I choose not to fight. Sometimes, my pastor, you need to let your kids play loud music in your house. And let them be. And choose not to, to shout at them. Let them be. Some things that happen around us, let them be. Don't, don't, don't fight, man. When, when you're driving, there are some people that cut you off, then you feel, I wish I could fight. But some of these things, just leave them. Don't, don't choose not to fight. I need to Choose not to do what? To fight. Let them be. But now the question is that comes into my mind when I that came into my mind when I read this text. It was, what is it that you do? What can you do when a battle chooses you? While you're in the process of choosing battles, but when a battle chooses you, what do you do? In the book of Second uh, Chronicles, chapter 20, we find the king Jehoshaphat being faced by a battle. It chooses him. Then on verse 1, it says, It came to pass that the children of Moabite, the Ammonite, and the Meunite came together for war against who? Jehoshaphat. 
Then verse 2 says, some certain men came to him running to come and give him the news. When they came there, I see some men coming to him and say, tell him, you tell him, you tell him, you tell him. The other one says, no, let's tell him together. Then they brought the news to him. They say, the children of Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Meunites are together. They are coming against you. And they have gathered themselves together. And as they are coming against you, they are coming now. And they are not coming from the usual way that they normally come when they fight. They are coming from the Dead Sea behind him. Which tells me and you that they are sneaking up on him. It also tells me that the king's response is urgent. Have you ever received a phone call when everything has been going well? A phone call comes or a text message comes and says to you, your father has died. Or one of your family members has been involved in an accident. While you were thinking that everything is going well, then a message pops in. And it needs your attention at that very moment. So when the news were brought to Jehoshaphat, they are telling him that these guys are about 25 miles away from him and they are coming from behind. Then, after they had given him the news, they are saying a big multitude is coming. Some version says a vast army is doing what? Is coming. Let's, let's, let, let's look at the word vast, my pastor. Let's look at the word vast. When you look at the word vast, it means something big, something gigantic, something that is countless, something that you cannot measure. Immeasurable multitude is coming against you. Then when it's coming against you, the question is, what do you do? It's big. And it's fast. When they have brought the news to him, I like what King Jehoshaphat does. He says, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to look around for advice. I don't have time to contact people. But the Bible says, in the face of the attack, Jehoshaphat seeks the Lord. In the face of the enemy, Jehoshaphat inquires of who? Of the Lord. So Jehoshaphat, he knew whom to contact in the face of the enemy. He had determined in his mind who to talk to in the face of who? Of the enemy. Today, when we face trials and tribulations, what do we do? says on verse 3, Jehoshaphat was shaken, but he stayed reserved. Because he knew the one who stand with him. He had a relationship with his God. And he understood that even if the army is big, I've got God on my side. 
the God that I worship is bigger than the army. Then immediately when they have said that, Jehoshaphat shifts his focus from what is in front of him to the God who is in heaven. And he tells God in heaven that the army might be big, but I know you are my friend. I know you are my king. I know you are my redeemer and you are bigger than the army. That's what we need to do when we face battles. We have been facing battles that are bigger than us. But we find ourselves running to people that won't help us. We, run, we find ourselves running to things that won't even give us a solution. But King Jehoshaphat runs to who? To God. Then when he comes to God, verse 4, we are on verse 4. When he goes to God, we find Jehoshaphat reminding God on his prayer who God is. We find Jehoshaphat asking God some questions, reminding God of things that he had done for them before. And Jehoshaphat understands that God has never let them down. He says to them, the Bible says, and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem. It's him taking charge of things as a king. Because he knows that he has got the king of kings with him. It says he stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And remember, this was Solomon's what? Temple. Are you together, church? And they dedicated this temple to who? God. The reason why they did that, they knew that that's where the presence of God is. Whenever they face wars, tribulations, famine, pestilences, anything that you can think of, they run to the house of the Lord and do what? And cry upon the Lord. And they know that God is going to do what? Answer their prayers. Jehoshaphat says, O God of our fathers, Art thou God in heaven? Art thou the ruler of all the kingdom on earth? You are powerful and mighty. Who can stand before thee? While Jehoshaphat utters these words, it sounds like he's reminding God who he is. But may I submit to you that actually Jehoshaphat wasn't reminding God, but he was reminding himself what God has done for him. Verse 7 says, Oh God, didn't you drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel? Then when God had done that, he gave the land to the children of Israel. After driving these people away, God gave the land to them. When he had given the land to them, they dwelt in that land. They didn't just sit and do nothing. But the, my Bible says they built the house of the Lord. They built the sanctuary for the name of the Lord. 
I was talking to my pastor yesterday, telling him that, you know, when you're building up something, there's some scars that you get because you need to lift some things. It might be rocks. It might be wood. It might be so many different things. But when you're building, if you start building, even if we can start building that pool, one of us will have scars on the hand. That one day will remind you of where God took you. Then Jehoshaphat says to them, these people that you drove out, you spared them. Then when you have done that, look at what they are doing now. They are coming against who? They are coming against me. He says, God, can't you stop them? For we don't have a way of protecting ourselves. That's what Jehoshaphat says. We don't have a way of protecting ourselves against this mighty army. We do not know what to do when the army is big, when the battle is vast. You don't know what to do. Jehoshaphat says, even if we don't know what to do, we don't know how to protect ourselves. But what we are sure of, we are going to keep our eyes on him. Because we understand that this battle, it's not ours, but it's God's battle. So in life, when you're meeting challenges that are bigger than you, don't look at the challenge. But you tell them, how big is your God? And you fix your eyes upon the God. And God will come through for you. David says, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they do what? They comfort me. And he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies so that I do what? I eat. He says in this table, it's me, my enemies, and my God. So as we sit here, I'm able to fix my eyes to my God. When I see the presence of enemies, when I see the presence of challenges, I don't fear because I know my God is sitting on the opposite side and is looking at me. I remember one day when King Uzziah died, the prophet says, I saw the Lord. He didn't just see the Lord, but he saw him seated on his throne, lifted up high. And the Bible says there were seraphim. It says his train covered the what? The temple. And there were seraphim around him. And these seraphims had six wings. Two of them were covering the face. The other two covering the foot. The other two used them to do what? To fly. As they were flying, they were singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. So when the king Uzziah died, it, it, it looked like a battle. It looked like trouble. But the prophet could see the Lord sitting. I remember one day when Stephen was also being stoned. He didn't see the stones. But he saw the heavens opening. So today, brothers and sisters, as you face challenges, don't see the challenges, but be able to identify your God in your challenges. Because God will be present for you. Then verse 14. It says, when Jehoshaphat is consulted, the Spirit of the Lord came 
upon Jezreel, the son of, the son of, the son of, the son of, and there, who is the son of? These names, when they are named, it's just, it's not just names, but it reminds Jehoshaphat of the people that God has been faithful to. So by that reminder, it gives hope to Jehoshaphat that it's not the end of this. It's not the first time you'll face challenges. Even to us today, let's identify the things that God has done for us when we're facing challenges so that we'll find hope in them. Let's name them one by one. My pastor was saying that uh, for you, to see the goodness of God, start counting the blessings of God that he has done before. Then when you realize what God has done, you can stand firm and say, I know even on this one, God will take me through. Yeah. Then an instruction is given to them. When, 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 when the Holy Spirit had come upon him, he says to the nation, of Judah in Jerusalem and to the king. He says to them, Fear not, nor be dismayed by this great multitude. For this battle is not yours, but God's. When Jehoshaphat had consulted, An instruction is also given again. It says, this battle is not yours, but it's God. And don't fear not. It says, tomorrow morning. When? Tomorrow morning. Go down and face them by the cliff of these. They will be there by the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Sheruel. Then, Verse 17 comes in and says, when you have gone down there, you will need not to fight this battle. God says to them, tomorrow morning, go and face your challenges. When you see the challenges, you need not to fight. When David is sitting at the table with the enemies and his God, he identifies food and he starts eat, eating. So when you see challenges, when you see challenges around you, when you identify an enemy around you, know that it's time for eating. Relax. Relax. And start eating. Because the presence of God is there. In his presence, they walked in a fairy furnace. In his presence, he called his friend out of the tomb. In his presence, Jairus' daughter woke, came back to life. In the presence of God, there is joy. In the presence of God, there is love. In the presence of God, there is victory. In the presence of God, there is everything that you can think of. And we give praise to God because of the things that it always does for us. 
Then when the message was given to Jehoshaphat, the Bible says Jehoshaphat and all the nation of Judah, they bowed down their faces to the ground and worship God. Uh, my president said, when you're about to give offering, it doesn't go alone, but it needs, it needs worship. So the Bible says they knelt down, bowed down on their faces, and did what? And worship God. And after that, Jehoshaphat told all the nation that trust in the Lord, believe in the Lord, so that you will be established. Then the, most, the next morning, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat came to the singers and appointed the singers to say, come, let's give praise to God. I can understand. I see that we're facing challenges. I see that the battle is fast. The battle is big. And remember that it's not ours. But now, come, musician. Come stand here. I want you to go before my army and sing. The Bible says they were singing. Praise to God. They understand, they understood the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing, this is what I like, when they began to sing, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth when? Forever. forever. The Bible says when they began to sing, God set ambush against the who? The man. And while they were down in the valley, they started fighting against each other. And they killed each other. Some other versions, they say they helped each other to destroy each other. So whatever the enemy that is given to you, don't worry. God will set an ambush against that. And God will fight for you. My plea and my prayer today is that as you face challenges, my pastor, be able to identify God in your challenges. Be able to identify who God is above your challenge. As we sit here today, my prayer is that as we go out, God may be with us, protect us, surround us by his glory. Someone once said, you know sometimes we face challenges not because we have caused them, but God allows them to prepare us for what is yet to come. But some challenges that we face, we face them because of our deeds. Mm -hmm. Some challenges that we face, we face them because of our doing. Sometimes you need to sin because you want to. But because of the mercy that God has got upon us, He's still able to forgive. His mercy endured forever upon us. 
I want to give you a scenario as we close. That when we sin, what happens in heaven? When we sin, God is ready to punish. When we fornicate, God is ready to do what? To punish. When we steal, God is ready to do what? May you come, my pastor. You are a sinner, as I am. Come. You are a sinner, as I am. My elder, may you come. I'll give you a scenario. On these, yes, only men. When a sinner steals, God is ready to send punishment to the sinner. Are we together? God is ready to do what? To punish. Then, when he had sinned, Jesus is there. Pleading for the sinner. Follow this closely. Follow this closely. Follow this closely. Jesus is there to plead for the sinner. I, I, I just wish that we can follow this. Jesus is there to do what? To plead for the sinner. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to give God a weapon to punish the sinner. Right, 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 right. This is what is happening. I would want you, my friend, Jesus, may you come stand here. This is Jesus. God is there. The sinner is here. The sinner has committed whatever that we can think of. And God is ready to punish. I want you to punish this one. As you stand here. It's fine. Come here. Follow this. Follow this. Follow this. Right. Can I release you? I will be the Jesus. I will be the Jesus. So now, this is what is happening. I want you to hit this guy. Because God is ready to do what? To punish. Right. I will count up to three. Three. You give the best. You can fold it. You can use it on the other side where there's a, a metal thing. Up to you. Right, right, right. This is what is happening. One. Two. Are you, are you ready? Two. Three. Right, come, 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 my brother, come, come. We, we, we are closing this. We are closing this. One, I want you to hit. Two, three. 
Are you following? Yeah. Only few people got that because yeah. people were talking. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. This is what Jesus does. Yeah. Then when Jesus does this, you as a sinner, you are forgiven. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So when we sin, God turns to God and says, I, he has sinned. I'm ready to give what? Punishment. Then God turns to God and says, I have died for him. Look at my scars. Then the punishment that was supposed to go to the sinner, it comes back to God. So God takes his time and punish himself because of your sins. When you steal, God turns to God and punishes himself. When you go and do whatever that is wrong, God turns to God and does what? And punishes himself. Today, the question that comes, are you ready to nail God back to the cross? As we sit here, as you are seated wherever you are, thinking of whatever that you can do, God is looking upon you as you sin. The punishment that is ready to come to you as a sinner, God gets it. Because of our sin. As we sit here, let's identify God. My prayer today is that in the challenges that we face, may we identify God. And do right in the eyes of the Lord. We are sinners, but His grace is, is sufficient because He turns back to Himself and hits Himself because of our sins. He turns back to Himself and hits Himself because of who? As you sit here today, I want us to pray. We have been nailing God back to the cross. Look at how painful it is, the punishment. Listen to the sound. What God goes through because of me and you. I want us to pray. I'll call upon my Adam. May we stay. All those who say, God, I've sinned and I've fallen short of your glory. May we raise up and pray.